Welcome to I Must Break This Podcast. This is the fan podcast celebrating the cinematic career of action legend Dolph Lundgren. Hello and welcome back to I Must Break This Podcast, the fan podcast that looks at all things Dolph Lundgren, both past, present, and future. I'm your host, Sean Malloy, and today is another special episode. Recently, I had the pleasure of speaking with writer and director Scott Windhauser. Windhauser is rapidly making his mark in Hollywood as a true talent and force in the action genre. Scott Windhauser started out learning tricks of the trade under the tutelage of Michael Bay. Today, he's busy at work both writing and directing a number of different action films. 2017 alone saw Windhauser writing four films as well as directing two. One of these films is the soon-to-be-released Dead Trigger, starring none other than Dolph Lundgren. In this adaptation of the popular video game, Lundgren takes on the role of Kyle Walker, a soldier who leads a ragtag band of rookies against zombies in a post-apocalyptic world. The film is part action, part comedy, and 100% zombie mayhem. Scott Windhauser and I discussed this fun movie, which is set to be released sometime later on this year. We also chat about his early days in the film business, his upcoming projects, and the state of action cinema in the current digital streaming age. It was the ultimate privilege being able to speak with this true down-to-earth and hard-working gentleman in the genre today. So for your listening pleasure is my conversation with Dead Trigger's Scott Windhauser on I Must Break This Podcast. Like I said, again, I, I really do appreciate this, and of course I want to be respectful of your time and everything, but thank you again so much for for agreeing to chat with me today because you yeah. you have uh well you have a lot of stuff that is is out that has been released and you also have quite a few things that are in the can i mean it seems like 2017 and 2018 have been just incredibly busy years for you and uh, it appears that you have another four films is that right in pre-production uh what do I, I it depends on what it says out there I, there's always you know there it's just the independent world like things race to the pre-production line and then they sometimes they fall back sometimes they speed up um i have a few things on pre-production yeah but mia um death in texas is another thing they probably have like tsunami on there um i'm trying to think of the other thing yeah those things are you know it's pre-production is a little different than when it's in a studio movie because it's so it feels like a little bit more solid ground so Sometimes with some of the pre-production stuff, it, it feels solid one week, and then the next week you're like, huh. So <laughs> it just depends on what week you're catching me on. But, yeah, those, those things are all kind of moving forward uh, um, and just kind of at their own pace. But, yeah, there's always something going on. I, I, I stay pretty busy. Well, that's what I was going to ask, because like I said, the, the past couple years seem to have been incredibly busy for you. Um, I, I guess my first question is pretty simple. Do you, do you have time to ever sleep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I um, my claim to fame, I think, is that, you know, I can I write pretty fast. So, I, you know, managers and agents and the community get mad at me for saying it. But I can, you know, I can, I've written a script in four days. So I, I, I just... I, I sit down and I can do 25 pages a day if okay. I'm if I have the story in my head. So so you know I I I just kind of you know crank them out um, and the, the 
or sitting somewhere, but, you know, just, uh, I, I, for me, I just wanted to, you know, get good at, at using that part of my brain. You know, I can write the first act in a day, and if I can't write it in a day, I know the movie's not going to make it. Wow, that's so, interesting. Yeah, because usually the first act's pretty easy to write, too. As long as you have the story in your head or the in the outline, you can, uh, you know, you, tell, you meet your hero, your hero's problem, and then your hero says no, and your hero then goes on his journey. I mean, if you can set those kind of things up, um, it's pretty, as basic as that sounds, you know, you just, you make it compelling and interesting, but that's, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of for me the, the jumping off point in terms of what, <coughs> excuse me, what kind of project it's going to be and, um, you know, how complicated this thing is. I've worked on some movies that took me a, like a week to do and, you know, people are paying you to do the movie for the, for the, uh, first act and I'm like, well, this movie's a little bit in trouble. You know, it's like if it's a rewrite or something, and it's just it, it, if you're really struggling with it, for at least for me, I feel like it's not going to be something that is going to turn out eventually the way I want it to. So, I think simple, simple kind of works for that. Well, and it seems like you've carved uh, a nice little niche for yourself in the in the action genre. Is the action genre um, a, a particular genre that you always had the intent to? to work in and, you know, to, to write scripts in, or is that something that you just kind of fell into over the years? Um, well, you know, uh, I worked, uh, I worked for, I worked at CAA when I was a kid and then I went to go work for Michael Bay. And the first day on the job there, they said, do you have any ideas for a movie? And I actually had a dream about it. I, I came up with the idea for the movie Pearl Harbor. So oh, no I way. was like, yeah. Cause I was like, what's, what's an event that everyone knows? Like, um, Titanic, Okay, and then what's what's a what's a kind of an actiony thing that that we can really get in the middle of now, where you know t- even ten years before that we couldn't, and that was like for me that was Saving Private Ryan. So I kind of com- combined those two movies. So it's a, it's a you know if you say Pearl Harbor, everyone knows that day, and then if we were able, I I just I was like, well, I want to do a love triangle that culminates the day of Pearl Harbor, and that was kind of how that movie started, uh, and that was kind of my first big idea and then working with Michael Bay and, and Jerry Bruckheimer and all those people, I, I kind of stayed in that world a little bit of, of action. And so for me, I was always, even as a kid, I used to play with like little Star Wars figures. I was always creating scenes and action stuff. So in my mind, I was always kind of directing and writing stuff from when I was a very young kid. And that, so my mind just thinks that way. So when I'm writing an action movie, I can see the action in my head. And then I just try to translate it the best I can to paper. Um, and, you know, and then it's like some fights and, and the typical stuff, you, you know, it might feel like you've seen it a little bit before, but I always try to stretch that and make it uh, – I just try to do something that no one's seen or done. And that's kind of the fun of, of screenwriting because you get to build on the shoulders of others. Um, yeah. You know, even like uh, – you know, old Spielberg movies, you always see, like, what well, are some amazing action sequences? Like, well, if I can do a little bit more than he did, a little bit different, it's like you have something. Because uh, that's just the film business in general, I think. It's just, it, it'll get better and better and better because of of the creativity of people that have come before us. No, I think that's so cool that you, um, 
so you got your start working, you know, under the wing of, of Michael Bay. What was, what was that, what was that entire experience like? Because Michael Bay, I mean, you know, the guy is a, uh, the guy is a legend in the genre and has such a, such a dis- distinct style uh, about his films. I mean, you can watch a Michael Bay movie and you can tell that that is a Michael Bay movie just because of his directing style and his, the visuals that he employs. Did you, did you learn a lot when you were kind of, um, in that, in that wing and that, in that house? Yeah, you know, Michael, um, Michael's a pure visual storyteller and, and he just has that, he has that muscle that, you know, most people don't have. Um, and, you know, he does like 80 to 100 setups a day where a lot of people as a director can do like 10 to 20. So he's like, go, go, go. So he's very, watching him is just like, it's just inside of him. It's just like, he's, he's trying to run as fast as he can to, to catch up to his talent too in terms of just he sees the whole movie in his head, I guarantee you. So when he's trying to get it down on on, on uh film or digital now, he, he's he's running as fast as he can to get it done. So with, when you're around Michael and, you know, being at with Michael or at CAA, you learn at that level in the movie business that you gotta run fast or you'll get left behind. That's it. There's no like, well, you know, kinda of come along so it's not it's like go. Go. Time is money at that level. So Michael, you know, he can be demanding, but he's in such a good way because he he demands a lot of himself. So I was a story editor there, so I read like every script um, that came from like CAA and Disney at the time. We were at Disney, deal with Disney. So I, I read like a million action scripts, and that's kind of where I, you know, I had the idea for Pearl Harbor, but I learned to be a writer, I think, from from just reading a thousand scripts, you know, because I didn't think I could do it at first. I thought, yeah. like, well, there's, there's no way I could write a whole script. You know, my brother writes novels. And he's a, um, a professor. So he, he's, he's well, I guess we just have that gene inside of us too, <laughs> where you can just do a little, it just kind of, it's, it's just kind of like translating what you see in your brain for me. I know it was a while ago, but I'm curious in reading any of these, any of these scripts that came your way, were there any that you just thought were, absolutely brilliant that for whatever reason never you know fi- you know fully got to production that you wish had well you know you know what's funny is that one that one that just came out and i didn't see the movie yet so i don't want to speak for the movie but um john ham's in it right now i think it's called lebanon or uh beirut or lebanon i forget i, I don't know that you can look that up I, i'm not sure but tony gilroy i think wrote it and i remember reading that script and this is that had to been the 90s when I read it, and it was such a perfect action. There was so it was so um, sparse in the action lines, but you could visualize a whole movie when you're reading, like just boom, boom, boom. And I was like, "Wow, whoever wrote this script is talented." And that's one of the scripts that always stuck out. And then I always thought about it. And then I saw the John Hamm trailer, and I was like, "Oh shit, that's that script. That <laughs> that was a great that I remember that was a great script." There's a ton of really good. Um, you know, I, I like that they have the blacklist and all that stuff now. There's a ton of stuff out there, especially since, the, you know, the invention of Final Draft that, uh, you know, I have a lot of scripts that I love. I One of my first um, specs that got me attention got me um, a manager, and it was going to be a big movie at Paramount, but it never heard of it because it, it, um, it was Die Hard in the International Space Station, basically. It was called Freefall, and... Um, Paramount was going to do it. Arnold Copelson was going to produce. And I was like, oh, this is it. It was a $150 million movie. I was so happy. And then Gravity got cast. 
with Bullock and, uh, and Clooney, and they literally dropped it like a hot potato. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, you know, your script became – and my script was a lot different than, than their movie, which Gravity was a fantastic movie. But it, it was just like anything near Gravity at the time, they walked away from. So, you know, there's a lot of things out there that I've read over the years where I'm like, ah, oh, I should have – that would have been cool. Um, and stuff that people have come to me for rewrites that um, that I actually – really really like and um i forget the name of one but it was just took place it it is an action movie that took place all in the safe house basically in new york city after a, a terrorist attack oh it's called, I think it's called backlash and it, it was ridiculously fun and i did a rewrite on it i love that that movie but that's sitting somewhere too you know so <laughs> it's 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 funny sometimes what gets made and what doesn't get made yeah, well, 2018, you know, this saw the release of, of two great movies, uh, Hurricane Heist and, and Cops and Robbers. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Hurricane Heist, you know, because this yeah. was this, this is such a fun movie. I mean, it, it really is. It's such a, a cool concept. I, I'm curious, what was your inspiration for that story? Um, well, it, the funny, so Hurricane Heist is a very um, uh, typical kind of thing that happens for me now. So – they, a bunch of producers came to me, um, uh, uh, Moish Diamant, Michael Tadros Jr., um, Karen and Howard Baldwin, um, and Rob Cohen was actually attached to direct. So they had a script, and they sent it to me. And I, uh, you can look up the, the the guys who got story by credit, I forget their names, but they they wrote the script. It was in the nineties. It was very like a Bruce Willis kind of like die hardy movie in terms of like one liner, one liner. And it was fun, but it, it those movies don't work right now. So I read I read like thirty pages of it and I was like, I can't read this. It's not for me. I, I don't this I don't like these kind of things. Um the the one liners and stuff. It, it was just it, like there was no cell phones in the movie. That's how old it was. So I read it and they were like, Hey, can you come meet Rob? talk about the movie and I was like sure I didn't literally I didn't I got to page 30 and I put it down and uh, I thought it was gonna be like this really informal thing and I got out to Rob's house and then all the producers showed up and they said what do you think of the script and I was like well here's Hollywood for you so I said can I be honest with you guys and they're like yeah and I was like it's fucking terrible <laughs> and Rob said thank you he like I didn't know I, I mean I knew that he wanted work done on it but I didn't know what extent so i was like uh and so i kind of just uh came up with it on the spot and they liked the idea and they said um uh okay and then rob went out of the room to take a phone call and then one of the boys i think moist diamond said to me he said how long for the script and i said two weeks and then more and then rob came back in and he said two weeks for the outline i said no no i'll have the script in two weeks and he was like, no way. And then two weeks later, he had the script. And then Rob and I went to work on it. And then we, they went to the Berlin Film Festival, got all this money and pre-sales. And then it kind of went off the races. So, so, there, so it, you know, um, the original guys, to their credit, they had the idea. But then it was like, it was, I, don't, I don't know their full idea. So I took their turn as an idea, and I was like, this is what I would do with it. And I, you know, Rob and I try to make it a lot of fun um, because 
look, at the end of the day, it, it, it is kind of insane that you're staying, sticking around in the middle of a hurricane to stop a bank robbery. But, <laughs> it, you know, it's like, all right, you can have, like, what's the fun we can have in that? And, you know, to Rob's credit, Rob's, Rob's really good with, with, with notes and scripts and stuff. And um, he, he said, let's go big. And he came out, he, he showed me this um, teaser trailer they did with his editor. They just pulled, you know, clips from all these movies. And it was insane. And I was like, you want this? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So it kind of freed me up to go right kind of big. And we did that, like, ending truck sequence and everything. And that was um, – that was just us like spitballing, like how do we make this insane? And uh, that's kind of that's kind of where the goal is. Where you know you, you set up your parameters a little bit in terms of okay, there's, there's a category five balance on you. Now what? Well, you got to get communication up somehow. You got to do this. So it's you know it's a it's a journey movie around a small town as you're being you're you're kind of stuck. It's kind of, you know so it's a little monster in the house scenario, but it's also a journey movie. So how do you make those two things work? Um, while giving your your main characters a reason to stay, so that was well, kind of like that was a, the the reasons behind um, everything we came up with in the film. Well, and it sounds like you and Rob Cohen had very similar visions because one one of the things that 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 I admire about screenwriters is just the relationship be, between the screenwriter and the director. Because obviously, when the screenwriter is writing the script, they have a vision in mind, and you always hear about in Hollywood, well, when the director took it over, um, he, he or she put their own spin on it, and that is not how the writer envisioned it when they were writing it. But it sounds like with, um, you know, with the, the, the concept and the, the production of, of this particular film, of Hurricane Heist, you and Rob Cohen were all, were both pretty much on the same page throughout the entire thing, right? Yeah, you know, Rob, Rob uh uh, the good, yeah, the good thing is when you're the when you're the screen, you know, you, it depends. If you're writing something, um, like this is an assignment kind of thing, as a page one rewrite, they they had some specific things they wanted to do, but then they were like, well, go do go do your thing, and then and then Rob kind of checks your homework, and he's like, well, this and that, and and it's a lot easier to edit a script than it is to write it. So, but Rob Rob made some really strong contributions. That Rob would be like, well, let's do this scene. And some of the stuff made the movie, some of it didn't. But, like, Rob had some really fun ideas. He He's a guy that can think um, action, 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 and, and has some very specific visual sequences in his mind. Whereas some directors are like, well, I don't know, just do a fight scene. Well, oh, that's cool. So it, it depends on the director. But Rob has, like, you know, he's been a producer. He's been a writer. He's He's been a director, obviously, and an executive. So he kind of has all the hats on. So he he kind of knows, and then Rob also had to know that he was going to go shoot the sucker. So when I was writing a scene, I'd be like, "Well, the cell tower and this and that." It's like, "Okay, that, that's practical, right?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Okay, so there's going to be fans going at 120 miles an hour and rain. So how do we do? You know, the hubcap stuff, all that kind of stuff. You have to think, how do you really shoot this? Because this isn't Star Wars where you're doing like a you know like a, an eighth of a page a day and you have every trick and, and um, you know, any anything you need on set, where it's like you, you know, there's this this was a big budget movie, but you still have to worry about the budget. So that that becomes Rob, that goes on Rob's shoulders and like Moishes, who was the physical producer there, where they got to pull that off. So at some point, I have to, you know, it's like it's like drawing up plans for a house that's so crazy that you're like, well, this is a crazy house, and then Rob's got to come in and say, okay, this is how I got to build it though. So sometimes he'll. 
he'll nip and tuck things or he'll add things. But he's he's that's why he's got to be the final say um, with the with the producers, the physical producer people, because otherwise they're never going to be able to pull that off. So um, you know you can if you can build it, great. But they really got to build it in your mind. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's a delicate dance, um, you know. But sometimes. You know, when when they say go big, like they said, go as big as you want on this for some things. I was like, okay. And some se- some of the sequences we didn't. Um, we had a big uh, power plant sequence that we didn't use, um, but it was it was it was enormous. So it was like, I don't know how you can pull this off. But Rob, Rob to his credit, has done some really big movies. So it, you know, it's one you know one frame at a time, one setup at a time, and that's kind of uh, how we approach this movie. Now, with regard to Cops and Robbers, now, Cops and Robbers, this is a cool little film that I, I, I felt was stylish, smart, but in the end, it was just plain macho. I mean, <laughs> you got these big action guys like Michael Jai White and Tom Berenger, Curtis Rampage Jackson. Um, what was it like working with um, these veterans of the action genre, in particular, Michael Jai White and Tom Berenger? Was that intimidating at all? Because I know I'd be intimidated. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because so for that, so I, I wrote that movie um, strictly with budget in mind. That was an independent movie, and um, you know when you're doing, it, and they said, well, you know, Michael Tad Ross Jr. said, why don't you direct it? And I was like, yes. I, I, I didn't even like him and Haw. That's why. That's what was my ultimate goal. I went to film school to be a director. I didn't think I could be a writer, but it just kind of happened the opposite way. Um, it was very intimidating because, like, you know, you know, Michael Jai White's been in a ton of movies. And I went to meet with him. And first of all, he could kick – at 15 years old, he can kick anyone's ass you ever met. He, this guy is a martial arts fiend. Like, he's really – he talks to talk and walks the walk big time. So you go meet him. He's the nicest guy. So he's very intelligent. I think a lot of people misunderstand him because he's so – he's such a badass – He's the nicest guy in the world. The, him and his wife are the most lovely people, and she played the wife in the movie. They're just they're very nice, um, and, but Michael's very smart. And Michael said, "Oh, I love this script," and I was, you know, and that was one of the first. That's the first one I directed, so that was very like, "Oh, cool." And then they're like, "Oh, Tom Berenger said yes to the part," and I was like, "Are you serious?" So I remember the first day directing. Michael was like, oh, okay. And he just listened, and then I don't know to see him with Tom Berenger, and he took my direction. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. This guy's been nominated for an Oscar, and he's listening to me. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, you know, and then, and then Rampage is, is, is like a brother to me, too. He's very sweet, um, a lot of fun, and just, you know, all those, these big macho guys at the end of the day, they're really nice. They're, I'd say 99% of them are super nice people. Um, and they, you know, it, a little, there was a little macho on the set a few times, but they were very, um, fun to be around. And, uh, it, you know, it was a very good experience. You know, I talked to, I'm a huge film geek, so I was talking to Behringer about Inception. He's like, oh, you know, no one ever talks to me about Inception. I'm like, oh, I love that movie. He's like, oh, and I was talking about his character. He's like, wow, you really know the movie. And I was like, yeah, I, I love Nolan. He's like, oh, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> so, you know, and, and Michael... Um, the one thing I'd say about that movie, even Rampage, I told Michael, I said, look, Michael, I don't want you to throw one kick in this movie. This isn't a kick movie or punch movie. 
this is I wanted the brains of of, of him and then Rampage to come out because people are going to see Rampage and, and think one thing, and that's what I wanted them to think. And then I wanted to, to to switch it up on them. And Rampage, you know, was a little like I don't know if I can do this, and I was like, trust me, you can do it. And he he pulled it off, and and uh, uh, Michael, I th- I thought was it was great to see Michael in a, in a role where he yeah, there's gunfire, you know, all that stuff, but it's really it's more it's more of an intellectual movie and if if you look at the whole movie um overall that these guys pull it off psychologically and mentally over the audience where i thought that was important because you know you you've seen michael Zai white kick a lot of guys ass that's you know i wanted to just be different so it was, it was fun i had i had a great experience we shot that in mexico um and that was just it was a good time so you know and you were talking about doing you know various rewrites and before we get to Dead Trigger, because I have, I'm really looking forward to Dead Trigger. But <laughs> but before we get to Dead Trigger, I noticed that you actually had a hand in another Dolph Lundgren film, uh, Larceny. And it looks like, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you did a rewrite on Larceny as well. Is that right? Yeah, Larceny. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Of, so yeah, I had I had a movie that uh, Dolph didn't end up making that. I, Got to him originally. I forget the. I even forget which movie that was now. But Dolph Redden really liked it. It was. It was a good movie. It's been a good movie for him. And then right around the time he's about to do Larson, he called me and he said, "I have this movie. I, I, the script is the idea. Like again, the idea was pretty good, but the the script I think had like 255 scenes in it. And for like a 90 minute movie, that's insane. So I read it and I was like, oh yeah, this is too. Uh, it was way too busy. So I. Dolph and I kind of worked on that script, and then they went and shot it, uh, and they shot it down at the Baja Studios where I shot Cops and Robbers. So right after Cops and Robbers, uh, right after Larson did Cops and Robbers out there. Um, but yeah, so I worked with Dolph on that, and that we had a good experience on that. And Dolph, again, Dolph, you know, everyone always knows that Dolph's really smart at MIT, all that kind of stuff. But he he knows script and story very well, and so you know these guys that have been in sixty, seventy, eighty movies. They they break it down pretty quick. They're like this doesn't work. I don't like this. And they they you know I've read this a hundred times before. And not only was it the fight stuff because the fight stuff they know really well, but you know the other the, the bullshit stuff. You know like how do you know from point A to B? This doesn't work. Or I don't like this. Or why don't we do this? And you're like, oh, that's a good idea. So Dolph and I um, worked on Larceny, and then uh, I went down there and watched them shoot a little bit of it. While I was scouting for cops and robbers, but that yeah, that's how Dolph and I came to uh, start to work together. Now, regarding larceny, I mean, you know, I will say that the conceit of the film is pretty original, and it is a new type of character for Lundgren. Um, were, were you pleased with how with how larceny turned out in the end? Um, you know, look again it, with, with movies like that, it, you're really under the gun in terms of of what you can shoot, what you can't shoot. Um, they had some problems with the production, and they missed they missed a lot of the script. Because I took literally, I took the script from 255 scenes. I took it down to about 170, and they still couldn't shoot all the scenes. So there was stuff. There's some stuff missing with it, and that you know, uh, production's fault. And I think Dolph was a little frustrated with some of that stuff too. But you know, on the smaller movies, you 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 have a certain amount of days. You got to get stuff in. If you get if you fall behind at all, you you get really um, 
you can get in trouble in terms of a movie that complex. There's a few sequences that weren't done that um, when I watched the movie, I was like, oh, they missed all that. But, you know, you, you at the end of the day, too, you got to get in what you can get in and move on. So I think I think some of it was really well done and some of it I would have done differently. But it's hard to sometimes, you know, people, critics and stuff, and they review people's work, it's like, you don't know how hard it is when you're in the trenches there to get the stuff done because I guarantee you everybody that showed up to make that movie, including Dolph, weren't like, oh, yeah, let's not do this scene. Let's not. It, it's just like the days get crazy. So, right. I, I, it was, you know, but it was cool to see something you wrote. You're like, oh, I wrote that. I wrote that yeah. scene. Some of the scenes weren't, weren't exactly what I wrote, but okay. But it was, you know, it's fun. And look, you're in the movie business. The other day, so it's a it's a little it's not, I don't have to you know go dig a ditch every day. I got to just write lyrics. I mean, write uh, dialogue for Dolph Lundgren. That's pretty yeah. freaking cool. <laughs> yeah. No. So, so um so you know it, you take the good with the bad, but it, overall it was yeah it was a good experience. No, I'm in I'm in complete envy of you. And you know I I will you know I will say about larceny the one thing one of the things I think is interesting about it is it it has not really had well excuse me. It has had an official release here in the States, but not on physical media. And it seems like it kind of made its premiere, in a sense, um, streaming on Netflix. And I'm kind of curious, in your opinion, you know, do you think that this is the way we are going to see action movies, like the way that action movies are going to premiere to the masses? I mean, is physical media – I mean, you always hear about physical media dying and on its way out. but. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Do you think that that this is the direction we're going to be seeing these films get to the masses? Well, you know, you know Netflix and Hulu and stuff. Um, it's it's such a cool, uh, you know, avenue I'd say for a lot of stuff to get out. But it's also, you know, there's so much stuff that comes out now that, like, you know, when I worked, like I'll give you an example. When I worked at CAA in the '90s and stuff, and, and even at Bay. Um, DVD sales were so huge um, that it was such a part of the business that everybody was making a ton of money. And now it's people rent stuff. People, you know, you get those streaming boxes where you don't even pay for stuff. There's stuff on YouTube. You know, you get Netflix. There's ten bucks a month, so you can literally from your house you could literally see a million movies probably right now. Yeah. And when I was a little kid, it was you had a VHS tape and. You know, Star Wars didn't even come out on VHS tape for a long time because it was such a it was such a um, huge deal. So it, it, it's really changed. And then you know, Blockbuster came and went, and you'd have to drive somewhere to bring a video home. So now it's like literally, I could pull up a video, a movie. On, I could probably pull up Larceny illegally on my phone. So I, I think that that with these action things, a lot more people are making stuff and just kind of throwing product out there. Where I think it, it yeah, I think that. You know the the WalMarts of the world that where you can still go buy DVDs. It's shrinking. I don't know where else you really can go um, physically buy a DVD or or Blu-ray or anything besides like a Walmart and, and those other places. I you know I don't know. It's really it is a shame. I mean, part of the process. You know, for me when I was again when I was playing with those little action figures when I was a kid, is you see the movie once in the theater. And then you go home and think about it for like two years, and like relive, try to relive scenes. And that's why the old, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark too. It's one of my favorite movies because in the theater, it was like a magical thing. And now you could turn on the TV and you're like, eh, eh. 
you know, like, oh, and you just watch something else and then watch something. So you lose a little bit of the the red velvet, you know, um, unveiling of the screen in a movie theater. So I, I, I wish I wish more people would go to the movies the way we used to. But, you know, uh, again, you also can't be stupid and, and, and just, you know, hold on to the past. It's like you got to adapt. And I think the Netflix is a, is a big example of that where, you know, for 10 bucks a month or 12 bucks a month, you can get all the movies you want now. And, you know, and Netflix has amazing original stuff too. Stranger Things is awesome. Yeah. So it's like, so it's like you're fighting, you know, these binge shows, you know, Ozark was great. So if you're binge watching something, and then you're like, well, are you going to go to the store and physically buy a DVD of an action movie? It, you, it's a losing battle in some respects because it's easier for people to just turn on their TV. And I think that as generations go by, they're used to that. I think that people say, why do you have to go buy a physical DVD? That seems weird. Or go to the movie theater. That seems weird. Most kids now watch stuff on their phones and, and iPads. They don't even need a TV screen because they've, they've been – they grew up on it, so it, it's it's a little unfortunate. But you, you know, I, I'm always a believer too of the fact that you the good stuff rises to the top. If you come up with something original, and interesting, and 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 like the oh shit factor, you, you'll you'll get it. You'll get it, and people will go look for it, and people will talk about it. Well, so I'm I just think, wondering if this makes you know if, if this if this new format. Does this make writing, directing, and then finding financing for the project, especially in the action genre, would you say it makes it more difficult or is it or is it easier? Because I guess I can see the pros and cons to both, you know? Uh, you, you know, action uh, action always sells best around the world. So action is always the easiest to do. And, and, and sometimes horror will be great and sometimes horror will be bad in the, in the marketplace. It's like the stock market in a way where it's it's – there's no rhyme or reason for some of the stuff, but, you know, some of the stuff is also makes sense. It's like if you have Jason Statham in your movie, you can do a $50 million movie because it'll sell around the world for at least $50 million now. But, you know, it just depends on who, who's in the movie. So it, it becomes, you know, a popularity contest. But I think that, um, you know, the, the people are always going to love action, and I think around the world especially. So if you if you're going to do – you're gonna do a movie, and you're doing action. You're, you're, it's a safer bet than doing some like hardcore drama to sell it. It's just okay. it's, it's easier for them to sell it around the world. So it, it, it's as weird as that sounds. It, you know, three billboards would be harder to sell around the world than you know sudden impact. Just yeah. it's just that's the way it goes. And 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 you know they both are good movies. It's, I'm not I'm not disparaging anything, but uh, it. That's just – action's always going to sell quicker. And so I, I learned that too. I was like, wow, that's okay. That's, I would always think the best thing would always be the easiest thing to sell, but sometimes they don't care. They just – who's on the poster? How long is the movie? What's the genre? Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. then I'll give you what you want. Yeah. Well, with regard to the upcoming zombie film, Dead Trigger, like I said, I'm psyched for this film. I'm curious, how did the project come about? <laughs> um, dead tr- well, dead, <laughs> I'm sure you've read some other stuff about it, but yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, uh, I was working on 
Uh, what is he? I forget the other movie now. Uh, something it's called like the Witch or something, or the White Witch or I don't. Know, I think it's on. I think it's on IMDb. It's one of my credits. So I I rewrote a movie for the, for this company Alta Mesa down in Mexico, and I was down there, and I um, they had this other movie Dead Trigger uh, with this other director, and he he didn't he didn't, wasn't really a director. So he, but he had the he had helped him get the rights to the video game, and uh, they came to me and said we need to do a rewrite of the movie. And I read the script and I was like, oh yeah, this, you can't shoot this. And Dolph came to me and said, yeah, you got to do the rewrite on this because Dolph was already attached. And so they, uh, we did the rewrite, and they were having trouble with the director. And I was down there. We were in Playa del Carmen, and they came to me and said. Um, having trouble with this guy we need you to direct it and i was i was actually um i just signed a contract to, to write another movie um and i had a, a very short window i had like two weeks to write this other movie from scratch so i said guys i, I just got the contract to this movie and they said no no please and so uh you know i at the end of the day i i directed the movie while i was writing the other movie um <laughs> And then it, we, you know, we were shooting down in Playa del Carmen, and we saw some really crazy, um, like cartel-controlled areas. So it was very, um, uh, it wasn't dangerous, but it wasn't. It was you had to be careful, and so uh, you know, and a lot of the stuff because Dead Trigger is a post-apocalyptic movie, and a lot of it was shot in areas, you know, right outside of Playa del Carmen where, where, you know, tourists don't really go. And it looked, you know, there'd be like, there'd be like a really nice house. There'd be like a, a, a ditch and like a burned down building. And it looked like, it looked like if you built it in the States, it would cost millions of dollars in production value. And we were able to use it based on the script because I was able to rewrite some of the stuff because I was down there. So I would see stuff like, oh, let's do this. Oh, okay, let's do that. So it was kind of like running and gunning a little bit, um, and Dolph and I, um, the movie, yeah, it's, it's based on a video game, but there's some twists and turns in the movie that I, I don't want to give away, but we made Dolph's character, um, he, he's a guy from the video game, and so he kind of plays... Um, a, a larger-than-life character where he, we, and a little bit of, it's like a little larger-than-life and a little Clint Eastwood. So it's kind of a fun, we, you know, we dyed his hair, so he's not the blonde. It, it, he look, And he's he's got a strong jaw like Clint. So it's, he, he has kind of that Clint thing going on. So <laughs> we had a lot of fun with his character. Um, and the zombies were um, a lot of fun. We had some really good uh, special effects people as a husband and wife team they do they do um they do a special effects for a lot of people a lot of prosthetics for a lot of people in hollywood they are really really good and it was a lot of fun and we had actually a really good cast um romeo miller chris gala uh who else was brick johnson I'm trying to think who the other people were in the movie i don't know it was we had a really talented cast 
so it was a lot of fun, and it was a, you know it was a fun movie. It was, but we just went in and and uh, shot it down there, and it, you know I wasn't a huge. I mean I liked Walking Dead. I wasn't a huge zombie person, but then it was just fun getting into it and having all the zombies because we had to do all that practical because we didn't have much for the CGI stuff. So all the zombies that you'll see are real. They're right there. Well, and I was going to ask you, you know, regarding Lundgren's character in the film. You know, one of the things that, you know, I'm a big fan of Lundgren, so I've seen all of his films. And the one thing that I've always appreciated is where, um, you know, for example, if you look at some of the other action guys who came up around that time, you know, like Steven Seagal or or Jean-Claude Van Damme, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, I I enjoy those movies. um, But I feel like those two actors in particular, it seems like they kind of, you know, got used and got comfortable to playing the the same character. And, you know, the, the, one of the things that I have the, the most respect for Lundgren for is the fact that if you look at all of his films, especially, I'd say, within the past decade, every film that he's done, he's playing a new character. I mean, you know, while, while it may still be within the action genre, he's still playing a uh, a new type of character. And so in this film, I love the pictures that I've seen online because, like you said, he is sporting a, a new look. His, his haircut is pretty sick looking. I, 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 I yeah. love the, the jet black. Um, I'm curious, uh, in your opinion, fans of, fans of Lundgren, what would you say they can, they can expect to see from Lundgren's character this go-around? You, you mentioned the Clint Eastwood uh, uh, accent. <laughs> yeah, you know, he plays a little Clint. He, you know, the funny thing about Dolph is Dolph is, you know, everyone always talks about, like I said, about him being super smart and stuff, which is true. By the way, but he's also really, really funny. Dolph has a great sense of humor. So when he, when you're sitting on set with him for hours and hours, he, he cracks jokes, and you're like, you're like, hey, that's Ivan Drago just made a really funny joke, you know. So um, it, it, he he keeps it light, and um, we do some funny, uh, there's some funny moments in the, in the movie too, where where uh, he kind of breaks down in his character to to open up. To um, you know, Autumn Reesers in the movie too. He kind of takes care of her in the movie, um, and, and some some funny moments between them. So I think that the audience will really get a kick out of that because you know we we know that that this is a movie about a video game. So we kind of we don't break the fourth wall at all, but we kind of acknowledge that. So we have some fun, and Isaiah, him and Isaiah Washington too, have some some funny moments where they're just like. Um, uh, it, it's it's not winking at the camera, but it it gets almost a little close. And so I think people will like like to see that because you know Dolph is a really tough you know action guy, but he does have he does have a funny side to him that people would really enjoy. Well, and I I will say you know the the zombie genre is an extensive genre in itself, but I would say from the from the production stills that I've seen online as well as the trailer that was posted. It looks mm-hmm. like Dead Trigger stands apart a little bit from the from the genre from excuse me from the zombie genre. Uh, w- would you agree? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I I would hope so, and I think that again, you know, we we're never going to compete with The Walking Dead. You can't. It's too good. It's too much money involved in that show. Um, we we didn't have that kind of money, so we we knew that. So we leaned in, in other ways to um, to uh, have the zombies portrayed. You know, we have a huge zombie, uh, Subject Zero, in it, who's from the video game. He's a seven-foot, like, UFC fighter that we put in, the zombie. He's a huge guy. Um, 
you know, the zombies are kind of, uh, uh, hopefully the makeup and everything stands out, because I think it was a lot of fun playing with them, but, like, again, you're not going to get, you're not going to touch The Walking Dead in terms of, it's too intense, that show, to, to sustain in a in a, a movie like ours with video game stuff. So we, we kind of go the more, it's a little more action-y fun route in terms of, like, what would you really do if you were dropped in the middle of the world going to shit? And, you know, it, for, for Dead Trigger, the, you know, you're stuck on this island. It's basically ground zero where the zombies started. And in the middle of the, in the, middle of, uh, the island, um, somebody's found the cure to stop it. And now you've got to get the cure out of the island. And you send in this group of people um, led by Dolph, and the other people are basically kids that are recruited to go in because they're good at video games about zombies. So it's, you know, it's kind of like it's going in on itself a little bit. But I think that's the fun of it, where, where kids can see themselves in the heroes in the movie, where it's not like, you know, they're not all sullen walking around, um, you know, like in Walking Dead. They're, they're a little bit more fun and, like, you know, they're, they're training in the army and, then you know, that kind of stuff. So it's, it, we keep it a little bit lighter, which I think um, I think will be a lot more fun for the audience. Very cool. Well, and I, I've heard, like you, you touched upon it earlier, so I do, I do appreciate your candor. Um, yeah, because I, I read rumblings, and you never really know how much, you know, to, to believe online. But, yeah, I heard rumblings right. that it was a somewhat difficult shoot, at least near the, at least near the end, of, end of the production. But it sounds like everything smooths over and everything is all good, and we'll be hopefully seeing the film released, what, here in the next year, hopefully? Yes, they're, they're figuring stuff out with the distributors or whatever, but... I'm assuming it should be out fairly soon. Um, I, I know it's on my end it's done. So, you know, it, I'm excited for it because I, I think that, you know, I'm, just like Cops and Robbers, I try to I try to make some, you know, you're going to be in the action-y kind of world. It doesn't mean you can, you have to make it stupid. You you should make it a little smart. And, and, and what I mean by that is doing a few twists and turns. And I think that when you see the movie – um, in total, you're going to be like, oh, oh, that's what that was. Oh, okay, because we kind of wanted you just to watch the movie and then want to watch it one more time just to, to put it all together. And I think that that's um, kind of what we tried to pull off. And I think that you'll see, when you're seeing the movie, you're like, wow, these sets are amazing. And it's like, well, these are practical. some of them are practical that we, we found down there. So it, it was really cool that to, to some of the – we got to use some really big sets that probably wouldn't have been – afforded to us if we did this movie in the states so i think that the, the size of it you'll you'll be impressed with too um again you know you're working the parameters of an independent movie so we try to to give the little size to the movie which is is fun and you know you can do that through um you know your locations and drone shots and all, all kinds of stuff but i think i think it's fun and and i think that uh um hopefully we did it justice to the to the you know the game because at the end of the day, you want people to compare it to the game. Yeah. Well, I, I am a purist, and, uh, you know, I, I long for physical media. So there is a part of me that, that is hoping that this will get a traditional physical, physical media release. But if it is like Larceny and it does, you know, premiere on Netflix, I'd be okay with that as well. It, you know, they, we did have a screening of it in Russia, which I didn't even go to, but apparently it did really well over there. Um, and people loved it, but it, you know, it's, it's fun. And I think that I, I, you know, 
I'm a big Spielberg fan, and um, you know, if, if not that this movie is a Spielberg movie of any sense, but I like to go to a place, have some popcorn, have a soda, and just turn down the lights and watch something just be fun and like, you know, that's to me that's that's what movies are all about. And this, the, you know, Dead Trigger is definitely like a have fun kind of movie, um, and hopefully it'll give you some some little, you know, some scares and, and stuff and like ooh. But you know, Dolph Dolph was great in it, and I think it's just a fun little movie. Are you at liberty to talk about anything that you are currently working on? As I know you said that you have, you know, a few things out there, but is there anything that is, that is currently in the, in the midst of production that you can um, uh, tell us about? Let's see. Let me hang on. Yeah, I'll tell you a couple things. I have a movie. Um, I'm doing at Warner Brothers. Um, we're looking for a director right now because this is a pretty big one, but it's we're going to do the remake of a 1954 Warner Brothers film called Them. And what's, uh, Them is, is a giant ant movie that Warner Brothers did, Black oh, and yeah. White. Yeah. So we're going to do that one um, for real this time. Uh, and I tell people that it's um, – it's Deadpool meets Jurassic Park in terms of uh, the main character is, um, you know, the, the the ants. I won't give away the whole setup, but the, there's a giant um, ant hill, which is, a, you know, with giant ants, it's a mountain. And so they want people to go in there and they got to kill the queen and nobody's going to do it because there's like 10,000 ants in there the size of SUVs. So they finally get some guy, you know, it's like, a, um, like you know, Ryan Reynolds would be great, obviously, but somebody like that or Channing Tatum or somebody like that who uh, um, is a Steve Irwin kind of character. He had, a, he had his own animal show on TV, and he's obsessed with fame. Kind of, he, It's like Steve Irwin and the Kardashians had a kid. This would be the kid. <laughs> Uh, his name is Jungle. I think Jungle Jack Johnson, and he uh, uh, he they offer him the job. He's like the 27th pick, and he's like, no way. And then they're like, well, we'll put it on TV. And he goes, oh, I'll do it. So <laughs> he's very um, you know socially media Instagram driven, and he goes on this. It, the journey is pretty insane, and again, we uh, you acknowledge that these are ants, so it's, we we get it. But it, the ants are fun, um, and the queen ant would remind you of the queen from Aliens. That, that that's exactly as soon as you mentioned yeah. the queen, that's where my yeah. mind was going. So. so, and that's that's a little of the inspiration for it. But that's um, that's something in the works, and I got I got this movie Tsunami um, that they're out to. They're about to sign, I think, a big director. I can't say his name yet because it hasn't signed on, but that's um, that's a thousand foot wave hit Los Angeles, and uh, uh, hijinks ensue. I guess it, it all hell breaks loose, um, and a father has to find his son who's trapped somewhere in the L.A. coastline before all the water recedes. So there's a big ticking clock on that because the water doesn't go away right away at that level. So oh, cool. it, it's a that's a very fun movie. And I'm doing a show right now, a television show called White, 
I think they're trying to sell it to Netflix. It's um, it's a fun uh, um, uh, it's billionaires who who need to disappear from um, they're in trouble with the law and they disappear through this, the help of this company and the company um, takes half your money and they wipe your memory and they give you all new face and everything. And the main character doesn't want to leave his old life, so he tries to get back into his old life. But the company doesn't let you do that. So it's one of those kind of things. And it's kind of like um, who who really controls the world? Um, you know, like secret organizations out there. And that that's kind of that show. Um, so there's always some, some something I'm working on. Well, and with regard to Tsunami, you know, one of the things I love about Hollywood is just, you know, you, it, it's it's amazing how things go in waves. And how those waves come along, like what's what's popular, you know, one moment, one year, and how 10 years later that will come back. And so, you know, talking about hurricane heist and tsunami, and I think uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson has um, a film coming out this summer called Skyscraper, which, you know, yeah. to me looks like a remake of The Towering Inferno. But it, it, it looks, it's interesting how it seems like disaster films are now back in, you know, and I, I, I imagine in 10 years they'll still come and go again, you know? So that's one of the things yeah. that I love. So, <laughs> yeah, I think everything, everything kind of runs in cycles. And I think, you know, again, um, skyscraper couldn't have been made without towering inferno and, and die hard. But so they yeah. build on that. And, and I'm sure, you know, with the, with Dwayne, I'm sure it's going to be, uh, crazy because you know, he, he, he's the same way. He's like, well, I'm not going to do another die hard. I'm going to make it better. So I'm sure that's, um, with the special effects and and you know I'm afraid of heights so we'll see how that goes when uh, when you're staring down you know 250 floors that's the cool thing about this business is it just you know the technology and stuff if you can think if you can dream it now you can make it happen yeah and I think that can be a curse and it can be a big tool as long as you have the you know you, you don't shy away from the imagination and creativity part. You don't lean into too much of the technology. You you first got to dream it up, and then you got to let them go out and build it. Because if it's not compelling on the page, it's not going to be good from the stage. So that's the uh, that's where I think we get in trouble sometimes. There's some movies that are just like, oh, we're just going to make it a spectacle. If you don't care about the characters and the story, it doesn't matter how cool the special effects are. It doesn't work. That's just the uh, my two cents to anyone, right? You know, write something that, like, if people read it they, and they go, wow, this is really cool, then you have something. But if people read your script and they're like, yeah, eh, it's not going to get better once they film it. I guarantee you. It'll get worse. So, well, everything everything that you've put out these past couple of years has been has been awesome. I'm really looking forward to, to what the next few years are going to hold. So, um, yeah, like I said, I, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I'm eagerly going to be awaiting each of these films releases, but, um, but yeah, no, please, please keep doing what you're doing because I honestly think that you are one of the, one of the new fresh voices and faces within, within the action genre. So please um, keep, keep doing it. So, (laughs) all right. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right. Well, Hey, you have a good day. Thanks again. You too. Bye-bye.